0: Well, hey fella, any requests? Can I play you guitar? Through Wonder I'm a good singer. Can I sing with you? Oh, give us another. Come on, mate. One more song. One more song! 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 One more song!
1: One more song! One more song! One more song! One more song!
0: Hello. Hello there. And welcome to the One More Songcast. I'm Lee. I'm Luke. Right. So, Luke, how the bloody hell are you?
1: All right, mate. All right. We'll first start with you. We'll have a little bit of a catch-up. If you can hear some drums in the background, we've uh, we've got some heavy drumming, heavy metal drumming going on, are not we? Oh, heavy metal. Heavy metal. Yeah,
0: I'm yeah. into it. Luke's not so into it. Yeah, um, it's
1: all right, but uh, he seems quite a good drummer, to be fair, if, if you're watching.
0: Yeah, if you're watching or listening, <laughs> yeah. you can be bothered. Uh, <laughs> no, so, yes, we were getting on to how we were. So you've asked me how how you are how I'm was your gigs you had four gigs at the weekend four gigs at the weekend um, yeah so it started with an absolute bang um, this weekend so Easter weekend Good mm. Friday um, I had an originals gig for the first time in a little while yeah um, so I played at a house party in Leyland and I was supporting John McClure who's a lead singer for those of you that don't know Reverend and the Makers yeah uh, they had a big hit in the sort of mid to late noughties with heavyweight champion of the world. The first album took off a bit, and they've kind of gone a little bit more into the background since then. But still got millions of plays on Spotify or whatever. Um, but it was a brilliant gig. House parties are always great. I don't know if you've had the chance yeah, to do many of That's them. Loads, yeah. But, not with
1: it, not with a, not with famous singers, but <laughs> no,
0: no, I've done I've done a couple. So like a, f- a few years ago, there was one where they sort of turned the garden into a, like a festival setting. Right, yeah, yeah. They put a like a display portal mm. portaloo in there. It was mm. funny, um, but everyone's always up for it in a house. Yeah, it's not like your yeah. private party where people can be sat there with the kids or whatever. Yeah. Um,
1: oh, I've played in some really obscure places in people's houses, like wedged in like. The weirdest of corners in someone's <laughs> kitchen yeah. or whatever.
0: So they, had, like, they basically cleared out the living room. So I'd set up sort of one speaker. It was like a small setup, really. Yeah. Um, And then about three songs in, John turns up. Um, And the first question he actually asked me was if he could use me tackle. If
1: he could use your tackle.
0: Um, for anyone that doesn't know, that's my electrical equipment, my PA system. Uh, I didn't realise at this point it was going to be my guitar, but it was so he didn't have to set his stuff up. I suppose when you get that big, you've got normally got people setting your gear up for you. Um, so he was his bitch. Yeah, so I sort of, I just said on the basis that I could get the Reverend to pluck my G string. I could tell people that, and uh, he's, he luckily obliged. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he was a class guy. Proper, proper, just not a proper Yorkshire lad. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was just bit about the block and like just had a pretty successful uh, music career and he was just a really nice guy to talk to unfortunately i didn't get to talk to him too much to get a lot of advice and
1: yeah.
0: get him to promote the podcast even <laughs> but uh, i've sent him a message so hopefully it gets uh, to him soon yeah. enough and he'll respond to the messages and uh, then take me on tour with him but <laughs> well uh, no it started with a bang and then i had a good one uh, at chorley market in, on saturday afternoon Saturday night I had an absolute belter at the Green Gate in Rochdale which is like one of my stomping grounds I absolutely love it we love the term stomping ground on the <laughs> podcast as well and then Sunday I was at Nets Bar on Gregson Lane yeah, yeah. Um, and it was another great one unfortunately it was halfway through the Liverpool game so I did slightly get annoyed when I was halfway through playing I'm a Believer and Salah misses a penalty but <laughs> uh, we 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 got a draw out of it and um, unlucky not to win it in the end so yeah. Luke that's me done. Yeah. How was your weekend?
1: Yeah, well, this is this is why we've based the episode on today, isn't it? So I've been, been having a bit of a nightmare recently with getting ill a lot. So I had two gigs planned this weekend, only ended up doing one of them. Um, but this stems back to three weeks ago, So because um, we've not caught up for a while, have we? So no. three weeks ago, I had, a, uh, I had two gigs. I had a gig on the Friday at the station in Preston. And that went well, but I could, because I'd been ill all week with a cold and whatever else, I could start to feel my voice starting to go towards the end of the night. And I was like, oh, I didn't really think too much of it. Got up the next morning and I was like, oh no, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this gig. But as the day went on, I kind of, you know, felt better and better. I thought I'll be all right. I turned up and it's the only, get, so this, this was the Saturday night. Now I did the minstrel in Chorley, which is always a good venue for both of us. We always both enjoy going there. But disasters always seem to happen to me at the minstrel. Um, But thankfully, the owners there are very understanding. So it's never happened before. I got five songs into the gig and. Uh, my voice just went, nah, you're not doing this tonight. And it was just like, I sounded like really hoarse, like an old man, I couldn't get, I couldn't reach any notes or anything. It was just completely and utterly gone. Um, And I was just like, what am I gonna, what the hell am I gonna do here? And I just had to call it a day, throw the towel in after five songs. Um, And everyone was like, no, it's fine, keep going. But it was just, it was getting ridiculous to the point. And then weirdly, this has never happened to me before again, but three weeks later, I got ill again at the beginning of the week. And Friday's gig at the Talbot, so this is this Friday, just gone. I just about made it through, but I knew three or four songs in that, because i have been ill, I was like, Oof. I don't... I, I'd struggled my way through it, to be honest, really pushing, getting through. So uh, so that gets to the, to the question, vocal health. So yeah. even though this isn't necessarily particularly been my fault or anything like that, people get ill at the end of the day, don't they? But we're going to look at... Vocal health in general, how people are supposed to look after the voice, common misconceptions, um, little rituals we might have as well.
0: Yeah, I think I think it does sort of put into perspective what a singer actually does, because most people go, "Oh yeah, they breathe through the lungs and sing through the throat." Mm. Well, if you <laughs> di- if you carry on a career like that, you, your your career is not going to last very long, <laughs> is it? Um, Yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to singing. So, we wanted to actually talk about, you know, you see those memes, what my friends think I do, what my parents think (laughs) I do, what I think I do and what I actually do. Mm. I think this is one of those times now. So, the first topic is what people think a singer is Mm. versus reality, what a singer actually is. So, Luke, I think... We've discussed it. You said there's a few different parts to the voice. Put it quite nicely. There's a few different parts to singing and and the voice itself. That a lot of people don't know about. So would you? Yeah, care I think to most people
1: who don't sing or maybe are fairly inexperienced in singing, I just think that you suppose you just open your mouth and just belt belt it out kind of thing. But there are many different regions to your voice. Obviously, with your chest voice, your head voice, your middle voice, your mixed voice. And I suppose I've only sort of learned about that in in recent years as well, really. But I think. Um, you know there's so many so many factors within your voice really and if you say lose a certain part of that voice through illness or through pushing it too hard you know um it all intertwines really and developing those different parts of that voice is ultimately what brings everything together yeah and makes you the complete singer i suppose so it's not just the case of just opening your voice up you've also got obviously breathing techniques and all them different kind of things which again is just people things people don't really consider really.
0: No, I don't think they do. I think as well there's a, a common misconception as well when people actually start singing that head voice and falsetto are the same mm. thing as well. I've only recently just learned and I'm you know I'm I'm 14 years into the journey here. I've only recently learned the difference between the two. Yeah. So it's there's a lot to learn about the voice before you actually even start singing. So Obviously, the basic is all the control and everything, the breathing is controlled through the diaphragm, yeah. which is a muscle in your stomach. That then channels up. The throat, you're only really using in, as a form to channel the sound or shape, shape it, the sound. Yeah, 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 So you're not... The throat, you're not actually doing a lot, awful lot with, but the vocal cords do still need strengthening. So it's about how you sort of do that, yeah, isn't right? it? It's... It's a long, it's a long, long episode just on that yeah, alone, isn't it? I, I so, think
1: people forget really that, that the voice is a muscle, isn't it? And it sounds mm. so obvious. But like, um, what do you do with all your other muscles when you're when you when you're using them to perform? Well, you train them, you, um, you know, you rest them, you, you get the best recovery for that muscle. So say, I, I always approach it as, a, as an athlete because that's the background I've come from. Yeah. But it's literally like you have to treat your voice as you would any other muscle that you're using to to perform perform with basically um so training that muscle up because mm. i remember when i very first started i could only get through one night of singing and that's just because my voice was very like unconditioned basically yeah it hadn't had the training um it hadn't had that sort of um like you say exposure to to uh, the ad- adaptation of what it takes to build the yeah. muscle um, so that was interesting at the start, realizing that I couldn't just turn up and sing night in, night out. I was gonna have to put some sort of work in or, or over time strengthen that muscle. So that that's been an interesting one as well, really. Yeah,
0: I think I think that's that's something for a lot of artists. I'd say particularly in originals music, because you get a lot of artists come through the ranks and they're just using it as a night out with the mates. Yeah. So they'll go they'll go to the venue, do the sound check. Go away, have some food, maybe a couple of beers. Come back to the venue, have a couple more beers. Get on stage with a beer, and they're probably gigging once, twice a month.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now,
0: probably once, twice a month, you can do that yeah, for a period get away of with time. That, yeah, yeah. And then when these bands get big, there's a particularly in the Indian metal scene. I'm going to yeah. say, so like, there's a few singers who have lost their voice, have had to have throat operations because they're just leathering pints yeah. down the throat before they sing, or vodka, or whiskey, or wet. Whatever the alcohol might yeah. be, they might be doing that. And then literally, they just get into a year or two in, and you can hear the struggle in their voice in the tour. Yeah. And then a lot of them do it, then experience vocal troubles. So yeah, that's yeah, when they yeah. have to get vocal coaching. Um, I mean, it's like your typical karaoke singer. You can hear when someone's had 20 beers before they've gone on a yeah, karaoke. Yeah. It's it's not you can't just get up and sing no even we can't do it that drunk can we
1: no the thing you got to consider as well is like you wouldn't just well you see it all the time don't you say it comes to like so i've got a few mates at the minute that are training for the charlie 10k right yeah and they they, they don't run all year. They won't mind me saying this. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we've got four weeks now until the Charlie 10K. We're going to go out and smash all the training. So if you, uh, and then obviously, they, they 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 get sore legs, they get sore knees and whatever else. It's the same thing with singing, in it? So if you're singing once a month, you'll probably get away with it. But then if you start to then make that your career or even more, so if you go on a tour where you're singing, that still mind boggles me when you see these tours and they're doing like 10 nights in a row and you think like, you've got to be conditioned for that yeah. because you can't just turn up and do it like you'll you'll have had to have, have had a lot of years behind just singing and being it's almost like a getting used to that yeah. i find sometimes when i gig three nights in a row like that that sets me up then to, i feel a little bit stronger as a result of it maybe the following yeah. weeks whereas if i do one gig here and one gig there sometimes that actually makes me a bit worse sometimes it's like you become deconditioned especially if you don't sing during the week and stuff as well. So the main thing is it's very much like a muscle, isn't it, Mm. really? Um, Should we move on to some of the stuff, some of the maybe the lotions and potions and diets and them kind of things that we think... Just
0: just before we do that, Luke, the one that gets me even more is like your musical theatre ones. Oh, yeah. The the top of the cast, they're doing these big numbers seven nights a week. Yeah they do eight shows in a yeah, week or yeah. two days they do yeah. a matinee. So sometimes it's nine or ten yeah. shows and, like, they're doing it twice in a day. Yeah. But, like, obviously they're not doing it an hour and a half straight singing no, like, no. like we are. But still, like, you know, you've got acting parts and you've got to show emotion. You've got to have that rasp in your voice at certain times. Yeah. That that always mind boggles yeah, me. Yeah, it is. It
1: is it's, it's crazy when you think about it. Right, so we'll go on to that. we we'll are going on to a different part then. So we want to talk a little bit about so the number one thing you say when you're losing your voice or you're struggling with your voice and somebody that's, that doesn't have much experience, they always say, oh, just have a bit of lemon and honey. Or, or a you couple of
0: paracetamol. Yeah, that kind of
1: thing. Yeah. So we want to maybe talk about some of the, you know, you hear about the footballers and they put one shin pad on before the other, and then kind of, uh, what Rickles. do you call them? Uh, like old wives' tales and stuff. Yeah. So... Let's start with honey and lemon. Then, is that something that you've ever tried? Do you think it works generally? Is yeah. It...
0: Well, to be honest, I've I use that one quite a bit when I'm ill, particularly. Um, I've, I I discovered like these herbal remedies mm. when I was when I got like had problems with hay fever. I found out things like chamomile, peppermint, yeah, lemon and ginger tea all really help um, with that. Um, so, first of all, ginger is actually a natural antihistamine which I wasn't aware of before that Um, if you can get locally sourced honey it's quite hard to get hold of but that generally helps Um, so I then transferred that to when I've got colds and stuff like that but instead of just having one a day I will like literally go on it for the whole week and I'll still have my coffee in the morning like I love my coffee but I do find myself having to tonk the water, steam the face Everything to get it out, and yeah, I do yeah. try everything, and generally, it does work towards yeah, the end yeah. of the week.
1: What are you generally like with staying hydrated and drinking plenty of water and stuff? Because obviously, I'm pretty awful because obviously, awful. Mm. obviously st- being hydrated and hydrating your vocal cords is huge, really, isn't it? Yeah, um, massive. So, you're not great with it. What, what's your general routine? No, like, like
0: that? I will have maybe one or two glasses of water a day or right. sips of water throughout the day, um, but. Like I used to, I used to when I was scaffolding, particularly, I used to carry like a liter and a half with me every day. I, I used say, to have like a yeah. liter and a half, two two liters, and then yeah. we got into lockdown. and I kind of just got out the routine because I wasn't exercising. Yeah. I just I felt like I needed a gym to get going because I couldn't motivate mm. myself. And funnily enough, I've still not got back into <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, I just go through. I like, I, at the moment I'm drinking way too much coffee and, and then I go for a phase where I'm like, right, I'm going to get this sorted. I literally change my whole diet yeah, for like yeah. six, seven months. Um, So yeah, I I should drink miles more water than what I actually do. But I think the most I do drink is like one or two glasses or if I feel my throat starting to go, then I like tonk yeah. in the water. I'm on the honey and lemon and everything. This
1: is a, a misconception though. So um. S- you know, you can you can shove a few glasses of water down you before you're about to sing, mm. but um, actually, it, it can take four or five hours for for the body to to use that water and, and for you to actually become fully hydrated. Yeah. So, say your gigs at I don't know seven o'clock, you need to be really drinking properly at like twelve o'clock. And, yeah, you know, and I I've, I'm quite good with that. I kind of have to be because of of me training and stuff. Um, but it I think some people maybe don't realise that, that it takes a while for your body to to actually hydrate from the time yeah. that you've drank, which sometimes is getting a quick fix of hydration can come from steaming as well, kind of because it's that yeah. direct moisture. Mm. Um, from If you don't know what steaming is, it's basically, it looks, they can look at the, the new little, the light little pots, they can look a bit like a bong or whatever. And you kind <laughs> of, you, you, you put a hot kettle of water into this thing and you suck up the hot water through a straw and it kind of is supposed to, bring that hot air and hydrate your your your
0: vocal cords and that kind of thing it's like a direct hit almost they reckon it's good to like the first thing you drink as you get up after you get up is to have like a, like a pint of water yeah before you have anything else they also yeah. reckon like even for like gut health and things like that yeah fruits quite a good one to have before you eat anything else yeah, as well yeah yeah so like you have water and 20 minutes later have your fruit and then you have a breakfast yeah. because the fruit will actually clear your system out and the water just wakes you up quicker yeah, than anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. So there's so many different ones. But yeah, I've the only one that's really worked for me is like lemon and ginger tea with honey in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say steaming massively works for,
1: for me. I don't know if it's a bit psychological or maybe I need to be doing it more than what I do. Mm. I'm not sure. So some of these things. So when I have first started, because again, I, I was very obsessed with the diet and stuff. I was like, oh, well, reading online and stuff, oh, well, I shouldn't be drinking milk because it can create a mucus, Yeah. Um. you know, I shouldn't be doing this. But I found that you were just cutting out loads of foods and stuff and really yeah. was it having much of an effect on my voice? My technique wasn't developed at the time and that was probably the thing that needed the most work. There may be 1% as if you're singing like in, you know,
0: in big arenas or whatever, but... Just don't know if yeah, it's like a marginal gain, I yeah, suppose. But like I don't
1: even know if half of them are the true, really. Sometimes I
0: think yeah, there is that bit with dairy. It is meant to, you're not meant to have it when you've got a cold as well because it is it, dairy does generally produce mucus. Yeah, um, there's things like spicy foods will dry your throat yeah. out, and they do really. You can tell when you. I would say spicy
1: foods definitely. You can feel that tickle at the back of your throat, and yeah. So I would. Is there anything that you would generally avoid before a gig?
0: Directly before a gig, I'd say spicy and greasy food, you can greasy, tell. Yeah, but yeah. like generally I tend to eat whatever I want. Um just mainly because I know like right, if I'm gonna eat that, I just have to drink more water yeah, on that day. Yeah. Because it's so easy to go and get a Mackeys or a pizza before a gig, particularly if you've got two gigs in one day and yeah, you're out. Yeah. Like you know, you're going to a takeaway, aren't you? Yeah. There's not, You're not really going to go to a health food place because no. you don't know where has them. You've got more access to yeah. fast food. So it is going to be a, a cheese boxy and a meal <laughs> deal, a, a Subway, a McDonald's, a Burger King, anything like mm. that, you're going to do it.
1: The number one things I try, if I want my voice to be good, I make sure I'm hydrated, I drink plenty. I, I, I tend to avoid coffee maybe six or seven hours before a gig, something like that, and I... Pr- I do I do tend to sometimes have a pint, but I don't have it before the gig. I'll have it, like, at half-time. Yeah. Like, yeah, if someone offers you a pint at mind. half I won't probably generally have a, a drink to calm your nerves, which maybe some people do, and that kind of thing. Because I just feel like that mm. doesn't give you the best start, especially when you're not particularly warmed up, and that kind of thing. Yeah. They're generally the only things I kind of do. Like, sometimes I maybe have my tea a little bit close to the gig, because, you know, say you have to set off at five or six, you have to have your tea at then, mm. around then. Sometimes you can feel yourself a bit burpy, can't you, when you're singing yeah. and stuff. But other than that, there's nothing really that I would say is like, you know, this changed my singing. Which kind of leads us no. up to, off, off to the next point, really, which is about vocal training and vocal coaching. Surely that's the best the best thing you can do for your voice rather than all these herbal remedies. Whilst they help a little bit, it can't substitute a good technique, can it?
0: It's the bread and butter. Yeah, It's the bread and butter, really. You've got to have control of your voice yeah you know if you know these little exercises to get your voice warmed up before a gig then you're not really generally going to have a problem because if you have no technique and your voice starts struggling through a gig you're pushing yeah 50 to 100 percent
1: yeah
0: whereas if you've got good technique in the first place and you want and you need the push to get you a certain note you're mm. probably not pushing much more than 20 percent mm. yeah it's if you've got good breathing if you're breathing at the right times if you're using the right amount of tension for a note because it does require some, some tension. tension you yeah. can't yeah you can't eliminate tension no, completely no, no but if you know how to relax and control your voice in the first place half of these problems don't really affect you mm. Illness is going to be the big yeah, killer, yeah, though. Yeah, 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 it is. There's um, some people that can't sing without and it's with also, any illness. It's also,
1: if that's your living as well, then um, then you need to take the steps to live a general healthy life because if you're constantly getting ill, and like mm. me at the minute, get having to cancel gigs, losing money at the minute, then you really... I have had to take a step back and assess assess things a little bit more. Am I eating enough fruit and veg? Am I doing this and that? And it doesn't sound very rock and roll, but it's at the end of the day, like... Um, you know, you, you've, you've, you can eliminate the amount of times you get ill. That's going to generally help you, isn't it?
0: Yeah, there's a reason why these rock and roll lifestyles, as we said earlier, don't last very long. No, no. I mean, Kelly Jones, you know, like uh, he went on a, another podcast called The High Performance Podcast, and he was talking about how he recovered from a throat operation. Um, he had to relearn to talk. Mm. And they asked him, did you have any like pre-gig rituals? He said, well, yeah, 20 years ago, I used to sing a couple of Otis Redis, Redding songs, have a shot at vodka and get on stage.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Noel Gallagher's recently spoken about his fir- like, why would he warm up? That's what the first song's for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, Noel Gallagher's been doing it for a certain number of years. I can't believe he's had no vocal training no, yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. But. I think, it's just, I think they do
1: and they don't, but they do really yeah, yeah, I think
0: you can hear the improvement in even someone like Liam Gallagher's voice. He does plan ridiculous tour schedules, which is probably why. And the way he pushes his voice, the way he sings, he is going to yeah. blow out at some point. I mean, Lewis Capaldi's got one yeah. recently on TikTok. He's been on there saying, I swear I do this for a living, and his voice breaks up on <laughs> one of his songs. So... I think the way certain people sing, they are always going to lose the voice mm. at some point. Mm. But it's about controlling when that push happens, and yeah, you know, you've got to look after it completely. Yeah. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna burn Yeah,
1: it. so we'll we'll say why we advocate for well, why I I don't I can't speak for you, but maybe why if we think vocal training is worth it, if it isn't, I think I think for me, like. I've always had, like, a coach in my athletics and stuff like that. So I always like to, and like we say about the voice being a muscle and that kind of thing, Um, it's good to be able to work on training that voice, training the muscle. And I feel like if you can get a structure from a good singing teacher, then you're able to sort of build that routine of, you know, doing the exercises, doing this and that, working on aspects of your song. Always get a singing teacher that works on on the actual songs that you're going to do as well and how you can make them more effortless. And I feel like it's them one percenters from the actual vocal training that, yeah. that makes you better. Um. So for example, you know, we'll we'll work on certain parts of the song, how to make that a little bit more effortless. Yeah. But then also you've got to consider as well. So we were talking before, weren't we, about it's not just the singing. Sometimes when you're performing, you're playing a guitar, you're um you, you may be kicking a drum, you're doing a looping pedal. And sometimes you can even, like, with all them things going on, you can actually forget sometimes when to take the right breath at the right time because Mm. you've got so many other things that you're thinking about, especially when maybe the guitar or something else isn't your your number one strong point. Um, And I think that's what I struggle with at the singing lessons as well is because I'm a runner um, and also because I'm not amazing at guitar, like... Um, I was forgetting to breathe at certain points, and yeah. and I get I, I got that build up of tension in my neck and, and in in my stomach because I'm used to being quite tense as a general person in general day life with posture and training hard and that kind of thing. So, you know, it, it's finding out some of your weaknesses, you know, from somebody else and work working directly on them things to yeah. make you an overall better performer.
0: No, I'm I'm lucky. I've had four singing teachers four different singing teachers on and off in probably about 16 years now. Um, The first one was very musical theatre. It was more about teaching you how to breathe and how to get vocal stamina. Yeah. Um, You then, I then had another one who was just all about the channeling the sound in the right way um, and getting that control. Another one that was a classical singer, it was all about breathing in the character and the mindset of it. Yeah. It was it, That one was really interesting because that one did teach me how to sing more softly. Yeah.
1: That could be another episode, the actual psychology yeah. behind singing as well because oh, there's a lot mental about it that we're not even going to have the chance to
0: cover today in this no. mini episode. I think though, for me, everything I've got from a singing teacher is about control. If you can control the direction your voice is in in a relaxed format, most of this stuff won't affect you. So you've got to have your own style and all that, but you've got to go and attack that note in the right way. And particularly for someone like me who's a smoker, and there are a lot of singers that smoke, I think it is really important to have that basic technique there. I mean, it does slow your progress smoking. I will say that. I'm not going to ever encourage it. But I've improved on the chris quite a lot in, in six weeks whereas some of the stuff does take years to develop yeah and yeah. i think without any level of training you're not going to improve those things yeah. as fast
1: no yeah I so that.
0: i would always advocate for it to get control and understand your voice mm. better and what you're going to be good at yeah when definitely. you get the training in in the last minute have we covered smoking in this one i just literally did
1: yeah i was gonna say because <laughs> we were talking about that before yeah. weren't we um Generally, so you smoke a little bit, don't you? Yeah,
0: um, a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, does, do you think that affects your voice? Just Because yeah. I don't smoke, I have never have smoked. I find it quite interesting in singers that do smoke. Does it affect you and how does it affect you, very briefly?
0: Right, well, obviously, it's doing you no good on the inside. It definitely dries your throat out. Yeah. Um, it definitely adds a little bit more raspiness to your voice, which in certain characteristic things can sound yeah. good. yeah but could Rod Stewart sing in any other way now yeah, other than yeah, having that rasp? Yeah. I wouldn't want that 24-7 on my voice. Yeah, Yeah, still do it. <laughs> um, but I think it does slow your progress. Right. There's no two ways right. about it. Um, I've had stints where I've given up smoking for a time and just been able to reach notes with ease on certain songs, mm. bear in mind, because every song is different. It is it's different, important yeah. to know that, you know, I've been able to reach notes performing the same technique and just felt a million times more relaxed because I've got more energy.
1: Mm.
0: And it's not like I don't want to quit, but I think that's the thing. As long as you're doing things to counteract it, it won't majorly affect it in the short term, but over time it is going to kill your voice. Yeah, think, I think the long run. I think that generally... Yeah, think I, of your voice as if it's
1: a muscle and as if you're some sort of athlete and then i feel like you'd be getting the right mindset
0: yeah i think is again i love coffee yeah but if i go having four five six coffees a day before i drank any water which sometimes (laughs) i'd rather do particularly when i'm over i think you've got you're running a risk you're running a risk of just completely dehydrating yourself and not being able to sing so You know, as long as you're doing things to counteract it, like drinking more water and like practicing your exercises, your voice will sort of counteract itself and that will sort of, you'll be able to override it, but it will slow your progress. Cool. Well, we thank you for tuning in and um, we look forward
1: to seeing you on the next episode. Follow us on all of our social medias. We'll put the link down in the description and we'll see you soon. Cheers.